Welcome to episode 34 of the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am so excited that you are here. Welcome. I'm so happy to be home. We just got back from Indio, California yesterday, and I'm missing the sun. (laughs) It's like rainy and cold and in the 50s. Is it even 50 degrees right now? I'm not even sure. I'm not sure how it is where you are, but I hope and pray that it's warmer than here. Nope, it's 44. 44 degrees right now, high of 46. (sighs) I miss California. All right, enough of that. Today, we are going to be talking about how to share space with uncomfortable feelings. This is something that I teach and I practice, and it's really hard, and having some guidelines and structure for it can be a game changer. So that is where we're headed, so grab a pen and paper if you can, take some notes, and let's get started. Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. All right, uncomfortable feelings, here we go. So let's start by identifying what uncomfortable feelings are. This can be the feeling of boredom. Loneliness, sadness, frustration, desperation, all of the things that get you hot and bothered, those are the uncomfortable feelings. It can include grief and loss and longing and hopes and dreams. They're uncomfortable because they bring up stuff within us. They bring up shame issues that we have. They bring up insecurities that we feel. They bring up this crazy ability to trigger our greatest fears. And if you don't know your greatest fear, a great way to find out is through the Enneagram. The Enneagram test is amazing and it is such an eye-opener. There are nine different types according to the Enneagram and everybody falls into mostly one type but you can have other types. And most of the times you have a wing. So you can be like a nine, which is my husband. And that's the peacemaker. And you can be like me, the three, the achiever. And you can be, oh, you can be all sorts of things. (laughs) And the Enneagram will tell you what your greatest fear is. And mine is the fear of being worthless. Worthless. That is the most uncomfortable feeling I can possibly imagine. And so by identifying and naming these feelings, we immediately take away some of their power. When we don't talk about our feelings, they get all the power. They have the ability to control your mood, to control your level of confidence, and to get in the way of what you want to see happen for your life. And we ignore our feelings in all sorts of ways. Am I right? This can look like emotional eating, eating when you're not hungry, eating when you're stressed. This can look like over-exercising, 
working out to avoid thinking about things. This can look like distraction, which is social media, right? Scrolling through Instagram, looking through Facebook, maybe on Pinterest, which has been my thing. That was like my gift to myself (laughs) over Christmas break was to just spend so much time on Pinterest. It was fabulous. But it definitely did kind of kick in that like, huh, I wonder if I'm using this to avoid some feelings. And I'm sure I did. But that is what we do. Because nobody, nobody is like, ooh, uncomfortable feelings. Hold on, let me just get zen for a moment and embrace these feelings. Nobody does that. Maybe, okay, maybe a couple people do. But for most of us, that is not the immediate thing that we do. When an uncomfortable feeling encroaches on your mental space, makes itself known, you run for distraction. And that is so incredibly normal. I'm not wanting you to feel like, oh, great, this is what I do. It's bad. It's not bad. It's just normal. And so what we want to do is we want to give you some tools that will help make it easier when those feelings come up for you to not run to the nearest distraction, but to learn to sit with these uncomfortable emotions and share space with them. And that is easier said than done. It takes much practice and much awareness. And you're probably like, okay, well, what is the benefit why would I do this? Why would I sit with my feelings that make me uncomfortable? Because if we don't, we get stuck, right? We can't get where we want to go. Again, you give your power to make choices away to these feelings, especially when you're engaging in destructive behavior, particularly emotional eating. I want to talk about that for a few minutes. So emotional eating is... Again, when you eat when you're not hungry, and that can be out of boredom, it can be out of feelings that are more negative in nature, so loneliness, sadness, anxiety, depression, those types of feelings. It can also be positive feelings too, right? We use food as celebration. It can be something that we use for enjoyment and not just something that we do to hide. And I actually talk about the role of food and understanding its different roles that it takes. And I want to find what episode that is for you. Hold on. I'm looking on iTunes here to see which episode that is. I should have done this before. Sorry. Bear with me. Just a second. Food rolls. I think it's number four. Nope. That's back to nutrition basics. Hold on. It's on here somewhere. It's number two. The Four Power Stealing Rolls of Food is episode two of the Captivatingly Confident podcast way back when. When was that even recorded? September 14th. Gracious me. We are almost at four months of podcasting. How insane is that? It's crazy. Okay. So power stealing rolls of food. The biggest part is when it takes over emotionally. So this, again, looks like reading the fridge when you're not really hungry or thinking that you're hungry when you're not and using it as a means of distraction. When I was a kid, I unknowingly did this. I had the craziest sugar addiction as a kid. We're talking like, I think it probably started around six, I think, but I, as looking back, 
age 10 is when it reached, reached, is when it reached its like damaging potential. I would come home from school and I would go through the garage and stop in front of our huge freezer that we had in the garage and it was stocked, my friends, stocked with all these delicious carrot cake bars that my mom would bring home from the convenience store because she managed an AMPM. And so she would always bring home all this candy and cookies and sweet stuff. We were always baking cookies and pies and making jams. And there was always frosting because my mom was like a cake maker. (laughs) She made these incredible cakes. So there was always frosting. And there was always Pop-Tarts and sugar. I mean, it, it was endless in my mind. I remember a big clear container of like Chupa, Chupa Pops, Chupa Lupas, whatever those little suckers are. Yeah, we had all of those. And I would stand outside the freezer with like a bag of cookie dough in my hands. And I would just like gnaw on the cookie dough before going inside. And I would sneak food. This was something I did a lot up into my teen years. I would hide Pop-Tarts in my dollhouse. I would hide candy in this like compartment of my waterbed. Yes, I had a waterbed. And I would hide stuff in there. And I would secretly eat food. And I didn't realize it then, but that was my, my way of hiding from uncomfortable emotions. Because my, my childhood was fraught with a lot of good stuff, but also a lot of negative stuff. My dad struggled with depression mightily and often took it out on me in a lot of different ways. And that was uncomfortable and I didn't want to feel that. And so I think I ate and I ate and I ate. And I almost became a self-fulfilling prophecy because my parents, my family would tell me, Kimmy, you need to stop eating so much. You eat too much. You eat too much sugar. You eat too many foods. You're too big. And so that also is really uncomfortable. And so I would use food. And it took me years and years and years to figure out and learn how to not use food when I'm feeling uncomfortable. Very, very hard lesson to learn. And that's something that I'm passionate about now is helping women not use food as a way to avoid feelings because that's something that I struggled with. And now being on the other side of it, oh my gosh, you guys, there's so much freedom to be had. So much freedom when you take back your power from food and you sit with uncomfortable feelings. The freedom on the personal growth and development that happens is incredible. And We often approach this from a mindset of, well, that means I have to say no to the foods that I love. Correction, it does not mean that at all. Not at all. I'm not asking you to give up your vices, but I'm asking you to stop for a moment before indulging. So one of the things that I tell my Captivatingly Confident small group members is to put a stop sign on your fridge so you can like cut out, make a little stop sign, or you can use a sticky note, whatever you need, stick it on your fridge so that when you reach for food and you're not hungry, you see the stop sign and you stop. And what do you do when you stop? Do you just stare at the fridge? No, you do an internal inventory of what the heck is going on for you right now. 
Where are you in space and time? Your physical presence. Where are you? What are you doing? Sometimes we drift into the kitchen and don't even know it. It's like, how did I get here? (laughs) I wasn't here a few minutes ago. I don't know how I got here. Do you ever do that? Do you ever go into a room and you're like, wait a minute, how did I get here? What am I doing in here? What did I come in here for? We do that too. We go to the kitchen because we're seeking pleasure over pain and we go to find pleasure and food is pleasurable and so we want to eat. So the stop sign stops you and you say, where am I in space and time? What is my body feeling like? Do I feel any pressure? Because emotions and feelings actually have a very physical side to them. And sometimes you can't name an emotion or a feeling. Sometimes that's just really hard, but it's less hard to identify a sensation physically happening in your body. So as you stop, you check in. Am I tense in my shoulders? Does my stomach feel tight? Does my chest feel tight? Do my muscles feel tingly? Do I feel crampy? Like, what's happening in my body? For me, my cheeks get red. (laughs) They get really red when I get anxious and stressed out, and I get a little, like, chest rash. It's really weird. And I get it when I public speak too. Anytime I'm doing talking, I get a little like red rash and I can look and see, oh, okay, my body is telling me that there's stuff going on. So what is your body telling you? Then you look at the mental piece. What are you thinking about? Where are your thoughts? Are you thinking about family stuff? Are you thinking about work? Are you thinking about a conversation that you had with somebody? Are you thinking about how the heck you're going to get through the rest of the day? What are your thoughts? And again, we're not looking for the feelings just yet. We're going to get there, but we're going to start with the easier things first. So physical state, mental thoughts, then we get to the emotional check-in. How am I feeling about this? How am I feeling about my body? How am I feeling about my thoughts? How am I feeling about myself right now? Chances are you're not feeling awesome. That's why you're standing in front of the fridge looking at a stop sign. Because chances are there is an uncomfortable feeling or emotion that's happening inside of your body that you are trying to avoid. And again, this isn't a bad thing. This is what we do as people. And so how do you translate that abyss almost of like, oh, I don't want to name it. I don't want to, I just want to eat. I just want to distract it. I just, I just want to do something else. How do you stop that cycle and actually address what's going on? First things first, you remove yourself from the kitchen or wherever the food is. Back out of the pantry, shut the cupboard move into a different space. It's even, you get bonus points if you can get outside and go for a walk. That's like extra credit. Get yourself out of that situation. That can bring almost immediate relief. And that will give you the space to start to look at the feelings that you're having. What are they? Can you name them? And can you take it even one step further and dig a little bit deeper? So a lot of times we'll say, well, I just feel anxious. Okay, that's a great place to start. What's next? What's underneath that anxiety? What situation, thought, or feeling or experience is causing that anxiety? And then you go one step further. Okay, what can I do about it right now? Is there something that's within my power 
to do to affect change on the situation, thought, feeling, experience. Because I think what you'll find is a vast majority of the time, your control over that thought, feeling, situation that's giving you anxiety is very small. Because usually we get anxiety about other people that we cannot change other people, their thoughts, patterns, behaviors, who they are. We can't, we can't change them. We can't change anybody but ourselves. And there are situations that are outside of our control that we can do nothing about. And that is the root feeling right there as we've gone from anxiety down to powerlessness. You feel powerless to affect change in these areas. And we chalk it up to anxiety and call it that. You can call it depression, but it still comes down to the powerlessness. And I'm not saying that all uncomfortable feelings are rooted in powerlessness, but the point is, is that we take it from kind of this upper echelon level, like level one, and we get down to level three and we figure out what it is that's really happening and is it in our control to change it? Because recognizing what's in your control and what's not is extremely liberating. My husband has this little worksheet that he uses with his clients. He's a professional counselor. And he talks about control boxes and helps people to look and see, okay, well, what's in your control? Is your spouse driving you absolutely bananas? Okay. Can you control your spouse? Absolutely not. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one. So what can you do instead? You're feeling, name your feeling, insert feeling here because of your spouse. So what can you do to take care of yourself in this space? You can eat. You can absolutely do that. You can work out. You can drink. You can gamble. You can distract yourself. You can absolutely 100% do those things. Everything's permissible. But not everything is beneficial. Are these actions going to benefit you in this moment and in the long run? And sometimes you might say yes to in that moment. Like, yeah, this glass of wine will be absolutely beneficial to my sanity. But in the long run, is it going to get you where you want to be? Chances are probably not because you, again, are giving your power away to, in this case, wine. You're giving your power away to Facebook. You're giving your power away to Pinterest. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I had to split this episode into two because my my little guy was crying during nap time. So I'm back. All right, so we were just discussing how you give your power away to the things that you use to distract from the feelings that you have. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge the fact that this is really hard work. If this was easy, there would be no need for counselors. There'd be no life coaches. There'd be no therapists. There wouldn't be any depression meds. There wouldn't be anything. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is hard work. Being aware of your uncomfortable feelings, sharing space with them, not using unhealthy coping skills, but actually working through the uncomfortable feelings is really hard. It's really hard, friend. And I just want you to know that this is not easy stuff. But the flip side of that is that the freedom that you 
will get when you have processed through these emotions is worth the effort. Okay, so some practical things that you can do when you're sitting in these uncomfortable emotions. Time it. This is a great tool. Literally pull out your phone, start timing, set your microwave timer, your egg timer. Time the amount of minutes or seconds that go by as you sit with these feelings. Because what's going to happen is it's going to reach, it's kind of like a bell curve. It's going to reach critical mass where you've got the physical feelings and the emotional feelings and your mind is processing and then it starts to slow down. And maybe you hit a point of tears at that apex, or maybe it just, you get so angry, or you get like physically just riled up. But there will be that downside. There will be the coming down. And if you time it, you will notice that the times get shorter and shorter and shorter. And as you practice sitting with those feelings, you learn how to get through them much faster and they become way less powerful than they were when you were avoiding them. So that's the first thing, time them. The second thing is to write stuff down. There is something so powerful and cathartic about having things inside your body and getting them outside. So writing things down, write down your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. Start to ask yourself the deeper whys, right? We went from a level three down to like the level one. And we're trying to figure out what the core issue is here. You can do your own therapy work. You can do it yourself by writing things down and then looking back and seeing the progress that you make and uncovering some really interesting stuff. And oftentimes, it's a lot of trauma that comes up and is kind of the root of a lot of this. And if that's you, then I encourage you to reach out to somebody that is trained in trauma techniques. So whether that's EFT or EMDR or even some CBT, which is a little bit more behavioral than the other two, but getting the help that you need to process through those events without a traumatic response. That might be something that is super beneficial to you. So again, those are EFT and EMDR. Those are two therapy techniques that are used to help people process through trauma. So timing things, writing it down, and then telling somebody reach out. Oftentimes when we experience powerful emotions, we isolate and withdraw. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want people to give us unwanted advice. We think that we'll be safer if we just don't talk about it. And the opposite is true. You have to talk about your feelings. Again, not speaking them is giving them power. So finding somebody that is safe, that can sit with you in those feelings and share space with you as you're processing and healing. And if you don't have somebody that's a safe person, let me know and let's figure out who can be a safe person for you so that you can have somebody to process these feelings with. 
So those are the three things that you can start to do. Time it, write it down, and talk about it. Share it with somebody else. Let someone else into your feelings. And find the freedom that comes from learning how to be present with your emotions and let them pass and come out on the other side. It's incredible. Not only does it give you freedom, but it also gives you an empathy for other people. It increases your compassion for yourself and allows you to show up authentically and, dare I say, confidently in your life because you're not having to distract yourself and getting in your own way by avoiding negative feelings. Not negative, that's not the right word. Uncomfortable feelings. So as you take these steps If you feel like you need a little bit more support, head over to the Captivatingly Confident Facebook community. Just go over to Facebook, type in Captivatingly Confident Community, and you will find us there. You can join the group. You can reach out to me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. You can also send me an email, kim at captivatinglyconfident.com. And if you head over to my website, there is a free guide that I have that is brand new. It is amazing. It's the five-step roadmap to becoming captivatingly confident. So if you haven't gotten that yet, head over and grab that. Captivatinglyconfident.com backslash roadmap is where you can find that. And there's going to be a live class on January 10th at 5 p.m. PST that you can register for. And we're going to go over the roadmap and I'm going to go in depth a little bit more and give you some action steps that you can take to start to put this, this guide, this roadmap into practice. I'm sure you can hear that upstairs. It's bedtime. (laughs) Oh man. All right, my friends, that is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was helpful for you. And I cannot wait to see you next week.